Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today, a conversation with St. Louis County Executive Steve Stenger. He's in the middle of a number of controversial issues these days. A proposal is on the table to make him mayor of a merged city and county, while another would remove him from the office he holds now. Steve Stenger joins me in studio. Well, there you go. Well, hello. It's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, and it's always a pleasure. It's good to have you here. Let's talk about uh, some of these things that are making headlines these sure. days, Steve. You've got to. Uh, the removal from office. Why aren't you attending county council meetings to cause this to happen? Well, I actually do attend council meetings. Uh, that's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, I do attend. Uh, there was a... Yeah, but s- not every council meeting. No, no. I, I don't... Regularly, would you say? N- n- uh, yes, I would say regularly. Toward the end of the year... And you have to understand there's a very broad context here. And Mm -hmm. I think this, you you mentioned those two issues that are controversial. One Mm is the Better Together proposal, and one is this effort to remove me. I think it has as its genesis, perhaps, the Better Together proposal, just Mm -hmm. as, you know, the the mayor's, you know, the attempted removal of the mayor in the city. I think that there's some relation between the two. Why would there be a relation? Oh, I think that... uh, you know, I think there are angry council people just as there are yeah. angry alder people. And I think that uh, perhaps the motivation for the two efforts is, is likely the same. This started before the Better Together proposal came out, though. Oh, I mean, the, 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 discord, the, the yeah. discord and the tension, certainly. But it really reached an all-time high with the Better Together mm-hmm. proposal. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, it's two efforts to remove. Um, and and they, they, they're likely related. But with respect to attending meetings, I do attend council meetings. I don't attend every council meeting, nor am I required to attend every council meeting. Um, my job is a job that uh, is much broader than the county council. The county council, I'm not a county council member. Um, I attend meetings in more of a ceremonial role. Uh, the charter certainly allows me to be at the meetings, but I do not vote. I don't vote, so I'm, it's not as if I'm missing votes mm-hmm. like a member of Congress. If Cong- you know, if you don't attend your, your, uh, you know, your votes, it's not mm-hmm. like that at all. I don't vote. It's more ceremonial in nature. Um, but with that said, um, we have a lot going on in the county. You know, my mm-hmm. job requires me to work probably anywhere from seventy to eighty hours a week, and I'm oftentimes you know busy all day and, and into the evening. So, so, you're, you're so if I'm not at a if I'm not at a council meeting, mm-hmm. I'm quite literally doing something else that's related. And some of the council meetings have been set during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, those are extraordinarily difficult p- for me to attend. And they're often done with, you know, a, you know, fairly short notice. So, um, you know, I do my very best to, to make it when I can. But once again, I don't vote. Yeah. And there really isn't much I do at those meetings. And it's not a meeting where there's usually um, debate, or I should say even in some cases legitimate debate. It's more, you know, it's at times there's a bit of a circus atmosphere. Well, it's causing people to ask if uh, you can't get along with a council of seven members, uh, how would you get along with a council of 33 as this super mayor under the Better Together proposal? Yeah, and I would tell you that uh, this may seem counterintuitive, but but it's it's perhaps not. Um, it, it's, it's more difficult to get along with seven people who have, uh, in some cases, not all seven, by the way, but in some cases who have political axes to grind uh, than it is to, you know, to work with 33 individuals where there is, you know, much more diversity of views and, um, you know, perhaps political persuasion. But the people who voted against you were Democrats. Sure. Your but, party. But, <laughs> and those are the same Democrats uh-huh. who opposed me in, um, in my most recent election. Uh-huh. And I think you find this in communities where, 
the communities become more uh, one-party dominant, the party itself begins to sort of fracture from within, and it develops factions. So that's really what we're dealing with, and it's it's no different than I think uh, the mayor of the city of St. Louis deals with in, in many cases, and I think we see it in Jackson County as well, and local governments all over the state. Really, is Prosecutor Bell required to follow through on this? He's indicated that he didn't want any part of this removal effort. No, the removal effort is really not an effort that is even rooted in law. I mean, like I said, there is no requirement that I attend any number of council mm-hmm. meetings. So it's not a basis upon which, you know, you can be removed and it's not really the council's place to attempt some form of, of punishment, really. That's not how it works. We, we mm-hmm. have checks and balances upon one another, but neither branch, my branch or their branch, is really, um, you know, uh, a punisher of the other. You know, it's yeah. just not how our charter is, is drafted or written. So it's really actually against the charter and it's actually against any existing law that our, you know, the attorney for the count for the for the council and the, is the attorney for the county. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we share attorneys, and the attorney gave us both the same opinion that this really had had no place. I, I want to talk about better together sure. and, and will in a moment, but there are some other things out there, Steve, that we probably ought to clarify uh, right now. Uh, allegations pop up from time to time. You're a little too cozy with your donors, and that. Uh, there are financial advantages that they receive because they donated to your campaign. You know, the way that our county government is structured, that's really impossible. Um, I make recommendations to the council for contracts that the county has either entered into on a repetitive basis or perhaps new contracts. And the council actually is the body who approves those contracts. So those contracts aren't really, you know, anything that once they're in the council's hands that I have any input as to whether the council will approve them or disapprove mm-hmm. them. And, um, you know, it's not as if the council's not doing its job. The council has, you know, many hearings on the various contracts that we have <clears throat> and monitors all of those situations as they should. And they approve virtually, you know, everything that... Uh, that we send down to them for approval. What about the economic development partnership and your relationship with Sheila Sweeney and the allegation that she took our directions from the ninth floor of the county government center, your office? Yeah, and I think that that contention goes, I think that's more of a, I think that's a contention that that some of perhaps, you know, political, um, you know, antagonists might have. Um, but in, in reality, about four and a half million dollars of St. Louis County money makes its way to the Economic Development Mm -hmm. Partnership. And, um, you know, I think it's completely appropriate that we communicate to whoever the director is of that department Mm -hmm. as to what the priorities of St. Louis Countyans are um, through and by their elected leader. Mm -hmm. And the council is free to do that as well. And I think the council makes their opinion known as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that it's completely appropriate. And I think, frankly, um, I would encourage the council to do the very same. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure the mayor does as well. And I'm sure that uh, some of the aldermen have made their opinions known as well. Because it is, after all, it's a, it's a, a, a shared regional asset mm-hmm. that we have. Hence the name, partnership. How well served do you think the, uh, the, your constituents are by, by all of this? Oh, I think that in any government, I mean, you know, you look at it at the national level, you look at it at the local level, you look at it at the state level. I mean, politics is what it is now, and you really have to have rhino skin to be a public servant. You know, do I think the public is served by that type of uh, rhetoric? No. But 
it's that, you know, I just finished an election year. I won my last election by 20 points. Um, and the first election that we had, the Democratic primary, was a very contentious election. And so arguments like that are made, you know, and, the, you know, the, the, the contract that you're referring to was a quite literally we're in 2019 mm -hmm. and we're still talking about a 2016 contract that was one contract of hundreds that were let by the Economic Development Partnership. And it was let through um, a request for a proposal process, all consistent with the internal processes. And, and look, everyone's had an opportunity to look at this and examine it every way that, that it can be examined. And, you know, of course, nothing's come of that or any of the other allegations that have ever been made because, frankly, there's just nothing to them. You know, I mean, our government is not the first government where, you know, it's part of our system of, of governance. Uh, we, we raise money as, as, as candidates. And in some cases, when you're raising money in a local community and you're raising four and a half million dollars, there's simply going to be some overlap. But we have processes in place to ensure that no one is getting any inappropriate treatment. And that has never been the case, nor has, you know, frankly, you know, I've been in public service for 10 years and haven't been the subject of an ethics complaint, mm -hmm. you know, um, not even a subject of a complaint, much less some other, you know, type of finding. So, um, you know, and before that, I was a CPA and I was an attorney for about, you know, 20 mm -hmm. years, uh, free of complaints there. And uh, I run a very professional executive branch and we've done quite a few things. I hope we can talk about mm -hmm. some of those today mm -hmm. as well. But we've done quite a few things and we have, frankly, so much going on that, uh, you know, unfortunately, some of the headlines that are picked are the headlines. But what's really going on in county government and in our region is extremely exciting do you feel, and much more exciting than the headlines. Do you feel embattled in this, at this juncture? No, I really don't. Um, you know, as I was telling you before we started, um, you know, politics can be a bit of a storm. And, and I find myself in many cases in the eye of that storm. Um, and, and perhaps that's... Um, you know, that, that, that's related to, you know, some philosophies that I have. And, um, you know, primarily it's, it's let's move forward, you know, regardless of what is, uh, regardless of what others want to say or do, you know, we need to move an agenda forward that is the agenda of St. Louis Countyans and the agenda of our region and, and what we need to do and where we need to go. I, I know diversity is one of the things that uh, you, you have in your plate and that you're certainly uh, bring to the fore in your administration, but with better together, it seems like diversity could be could be a victim. It looks like it's going to dilute the African American role in any uh, mega government, as they call it. We've uh, seen pieces in the paper even today calling for a boycott if this thing ever comes to pass. Even taking to, to take to the streets to protest. Yeah, you know that has been uh, the argument of, of some antagonists of of the of the better together proposal. But if you look at um, at what it actually does, it, it, it's, it's, it, it just simply doesn't do that. Um, we would have a council of 33 members that would uh, be the legislative body of, for the entire, you know, uh, metro city. And if you look at what that does, um, you know, frankly, I think it, it brings actually more opportunities, actually. And if you look at, you know, what happens with the municipalities as they become municipal districts, that representation still remains the same. It does mm -hmm. not take away from those city councils or those mayors. Now, some functions of those local governments change, but uh, that representation does not. I mean, and if you're looking at the, at the change in the Board of Aldermen, it, it's, uh, it's actually a fairly small change when you consider 
the levels of representation. And it doesn't take away any, um, you know, any any of the countywide positions. We still have those countywide positions that exist in St. Louis County. Well, the municipalities don't seem to want any part of this. If we look at the Municipal League and what they're proposing, going back to the freeholder uh, format, um, you, you don't want any part of that, I think. Um, with respect to the, the, the freeholder, um, I guess you could call it a, a concept um, or, or you know, perhaps, a, I don't know if it's developed into a plan at this point, but it's certainly a concept. It, 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 over time, you know, I, I can only look at maybe one or two instances where um, it actually produced an outcome. You know, mm-hmm. in, in, in many cases. It's been done before, yeah, tried been, before. It's yeah. been tried before, yeah. and I think it's apparent that in our region, uh, if we look at our peer cities across the country, we need to make a change. We, we, you know, the, the way we're doing business and that, you know, the report that was produced by Better Together certainly convinced me of that. And it's something that I experienced over my four years as county executive. You know, we need to make a change in the way we're doing things. Mm-hmm. And um, this certainly offers that. And it offers change in such a way that we, you know, when, when you talk about representation and you talk about equity, I think it actually enhances equity across our region. First, it, it enhances equity in policing services across our region. It enhances equity in the delivery of, of basic services, acro- you know, across our region. So I think that it actually enhances, um, I think it enhances equity and, and eliminates disparities that we see now. I mean, what we suffer in the county and in the city from disparities in healthcare and education. Sure. And these are uh, real life outcomes and in many cases, life and death. Mm. You and Mayor Cruson jumped on this Better Together proposal very early. Uh, that's received a lot of criticism because of the statewide vote, which many people have uh, been talking about. Do you think maybe you got on board too soon, that you should have talked it over with municipal uh, uh, elected officials before doing so? No. You know, there were ongoing conversations over the years, you know, and, and, and if I can just back up a little bit, when I first took office, um, you know, I was not a, a better together. Uh, I wasn't a real fan of better together. And, and I, you know, I was thinking, I think at that time, very parochially, uh, perhaps came from, you know, where, uh, you know, the, ge- the geographic location of where I had represented as a councilman and sort of the attitudes and beliefs of, of my constituents. And as I, you know, began to do the job of county executive, I began to see you know, many of the inequities that we have, you know, particularly with respect to policing. You know, if you remember, we, we tried to put together policing standards, mm-hmm. and that was met with, uh, you know, absolute, uh, you know, an absolute wall. And in fact, the municipalities uh, sued and had those overturned because the county did not have, the, the, you know, the court ruled that the county did not have the ability to establish those standards. And those were 13 basic standards that, frankly, um, you know, you would see really in any institution, you know, I mean, it, it was uh, quite troubling to see that. So there were efforts, you know, and, you know, you, you have Senate Bill 5, that was another one that was uh, in in relevant part overturned again. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a conversation that has either been going on verbally or it's been a dialogue that has occurred through court cases uh, and it's been going on for years. So, so I think that... Uh, you know, my jumping on board was timely, and it was the result of, on my part, uh, done a great deal of reflection, a great deal of reflection, and, and making, you know, um, a considered judgment as to where I think, you know, we, we need to be and where we need to go. 
Uh, I have to take a break, but one quick question before I do. Uh, I've heard people suggest that this whole thing may rise or fall on Steve Stinger because uh, people will be less likely to vote on provisions of the Better Together proposal than they will on personalities. With you becoming a mega mayor, it will depend on your popularity at the time. You know, I've heard that, and I don't really think that's the case. Um, you know, if you look countywide as to, you know, how things went in the last election with the 20-point victory, I, I certainly would feel comfortable with that. But I don't think that that's going to be the case at all. I think that uh, I think that people are going to vote on this proposal uh, once they determine uh, if it's in their best interest. You know, I think that they're going to have to make that determination through a process of educating themselves. And I think that there will be plenty of opportunity to do that. There was just a town hall last night. And I was briefed on that town hall, and I heard that it went quite well. So if, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about that, all those things, when we return. Okay. Well, let's uh, take that break now and come back and continue our conversation with County Executive Steve Stenger. Back in a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. And welcome back to our conversation with County Executive Steve Stenger. One more question about uh, the Better Together thing. Uh, is it fair to, uh, to have the statewide vote and not have the residents of the city and the county uh, make this decision? You know, I can tell you that is a matter that, uh, another matter that, that I thought about quite a bit. And I will tell you where I landed on it is, you know, change is desperately needed. And in order to make the changes that Better Together would, would like to see made, for instance, with particularity, with policing, um, with service delivery across, you know, the entire new metro city, those things can really only be done through a constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. And that constitutional amendment, because of constitutional reasons, would require a statewide vote. So, you know, in, in an effort to have those sweeping changes that I think need to be made in order to have a more equitable community, I think we, we, we need to I think we need to but is it I, that's why I supported the, the measure. But is it fair? I mean city voters will have a, a, a mayor and you uh, that they had never voted for. And I understand that, but that is really only very temporarily, um, and and so and I do appreciate that uh, you know that sort of phenomena of this plan. Uh, however, in order to have the sweeping changes that need to be made, it's you know it's it's a statewide vote, and it's you know frankly it was the state constitution that sort of brought us to where we are, and it's that state constitution that needs to change in order to reverse what we have, and it really cannot be done through the freeholder process. The freeholder process can, it can, you know, affect some small level of change, perhaps mm -hmm. incremental, but it's not the sweeping changes that really need to be done. And I mean, those changes would be almost, frankly, unnoticeable. On the, on the meeting last night, apparently a number of the questions that were raised concerned the fact that the, uh, the proposal does not address education in any kind of a meaningful way. People are concerned about that. And I understand that. And I think that, you know, once again, uh, this is this is sweeping change, and it and it is uh, very large and broad change. But it's not, you know, this is not the silver bullet for the entire region. And in many respects, this is incremental. But it's a very large increment. And I think that uh, you know, you there are legal reasons for that as well. You know, the education is handled in a in a separate, you know, portion of the constitution. Uh, you have a much different funding system for education than you do for local government. And so, you know, I think the combination of this being incremental. <clears throat> 
And certainly, you know, there are other measures that could be utilized to affect change in education. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, certainly that needs to be done as well. It's just standing up a new government in and of itself is a very large challenge. And uh, I think that was why, you know, and once again, I, I, I can't speak for better together, but I believe that that uh, that's why they chose to do what they did. It's the, you know, these are sweeping changes to our community. We have a caller who wants to raise an issue with, with regard to this Better Together plan. Then we'll move on, I promise. Sure. Uh, David and Webster Groves, go ahead. You're on the air with Steve Stanger. Oh, thanks, Don. And um, Supervisor, I, um, I, I took driver's ed when I was in high school decades ago in Webster Groves, and it instantly gave me a lower uh, insurance uh, premium because I had taken driver's ed. Now, if I understand right, uh, most of the school districts in St. Louis County right now don't offer driver's ed because of the high cost of insurance. And that seems so penny-wise and pound-foolish that by the county uh, or the school district paying for driver's ed insurance on the students, that those students for decades in the future are going to be able to save millions of dollars uh, because they were properly trained. Okay, David. Uh, I, I really thought you were going to be talking about something else. Anything there that you uh, feel you need to respond to? I, I certainly believe he makes a point. I, I don't know that uh, the county really touches on those issues. Those are more issues within uh, particular school districts, but certainly a good point. Okay. Well, let's move on to some of the other things that uh, are, have been obscured and hidden and uh, by all of this other, the other things that we've been talking about. Uh, what are some of the things that are going on in the, uh, in the county right now that, that people haven't been hearing about because of this other publicity? Sure. You know, I think uh, one thing that is, is very much worth talking about is our efforts with respect to uh, – Opioid, uh, opioids, and uh, and and prevention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we began in April of uh, you know April 2019 will mark the second anniversary of our prescription drug monitoring program. And if you'll recall, <clears throat> we started a prescription drug monitoring program locally because the state hadn't provided one uh, statewide. We were the last state in the union to not right. have uh, a prescription drug monitoring program. We've talked about this on your show. Uh, but over the last two years, our program has expanded to 72 jurisdictions now, and it covers 84% of the population of the state. And in the coming months, uh, we will be releasing uh, the 2018 uh, Prescription Drug Monitoring Program Annual Report. It will reflect some of that. And it's been a successful program. It's been, uh, and it's been a program, as you can see, that other jurisdictions have joined throughout the state. And we cover a great deal of the population and the providers in the state with this program. And there's talk right now that this could very well be the program that the that the state turns to has for no, a statewide program. Has the number of deaths been reduced? You know, it, it has not been. Um, you know, this is mm-hmm. a uh, this is a a an epidemic. I, you know, we are dealing with a situation where um, you know it's very difficult to tell. You know, although deaths have increased. It's difficult to say how many have been prevented, even though, you know, we're dealing with a situation where mm-hmm. we have an ever-increasing problem, and we're, you know, trying to find new ways to combat, uh, you know, all the various issues that uh, 
that are presented by this terrible epidemic. What are you aiming at with uh, your emphasis on diversity issues in the county? You have a diversity officer. We do. And uh, you have uh, a, a number of things that you're looking at. What specifically are you trying to do? You know, what we're trying to do is in St. Louis County, we're trying to lead by example. You know, we would we, we, we talk a lot about wanting, I mean, when I say we, I mean, we in St. Louis County talk a lot about wanting an equitable community and a, and a community that is fair for all. Uh, and eliminating disparities along racial lines and gender lines. And what we're trying to do in St. Louis County is lead by example. So um, we we brought on Jack Thomas as a chief diversity officer for St. Louis County, and he recently completed our county's first uh, annual business diversity report. Um, the report illustrates our progress to date in key areas of business diversity development, and I will tell you that uh, I have never seen a person work as hard as Jack Thomas does. Uh, he's been working extraordinarily hard, and uh, it shows. We've had some. We've had some good results. Mm-hmm. Very good results. Right. You know, we've we've had uh, we had twenty five construction contracts that were let uh, for a total of ten point four million dollars, and um, the uh, minority women owned business enterprise firm participation on these contracts is about two point two million, which is twenty one percent by minority-owned business enterprises, and about $1.3 million for women-owned business enterprises, which is about 12%. Now, it's really important to consider this with respect to those construction contracts. Prior to Jack coming on board and back in 2014 and 15, when I first took office, that was zero, zero mm. percent. So we've had uh, you know, a, a marked difference as a result of, uh, of Jack's efforts, and just having an emphasis on that has made a, a huge difference. I had a couple of emails uh, in anticipation of our conversation here, and one of them goes back to Better Together. Uh, and uh, it says here, if county voters remove you from office, going back to another subject we discussed, if you are removed in a recall election before November 2020 vote on Better Together, would you still serve as Metro City Mayor, which some lawyers believe is what the proposal says? The proposal, uh, per its terms, uh, would would seem to say, and I'm, I'm sure it's open to interpretation, but it would seem to say that uh, the county executive and the mayor, and I believe the other um, elected offices that are countywide offices, uh, that that you would you would move into the metro mayor mm-hmm. and the transitional mayor uh, slots um, if 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 even if you were recalled. Mm-hmm. One question that I had, uh, and it's it's really not in your bailiwick yet, but. Where are you on the issue of airport privatization? Uh, that would fall into your lap if all of the other things uh, come to pass. You know, I think that it is certainly something that uh, needs to be looked at. I, I don't even I don't believe at this point the study has has yet begun, but I do believe it needs to be looked at. You know, our airport um, you know suffers from many of the same things that our region suffers from. There's a bit of stagnation. And the airport certainly has capacity, and it would be, uh, I think, wise to look at every way possible um, to uh, take advantage of that capacity and have a world-class airport and be a hub, you know, once again um, for major airlines. And I think that the mayor has done, uh, Mayor Krusen has done a really, really great job of uh, being open to uh, considering those ideas, and I think those ideas are being considered right now. And I, you know, frankly, I, I uh, await you know, those studies and what they'll, what they'll look like and what they'll reveal. Because this is a, you know, these, this is a, uh, you know, very well could be a multi-billion dollar, um, you know, uh, you know, analysis that's going to, you know, need mm-hmm. to be, need to be done here. 
Well, we can certainly use the cash, whether it's St. Louis County or uh, St. Louis City. Well, certainly that that's one, you know, I, I think that's one consideration. But I think for me, um, you know, I want to bring that airport back and, uh, you know, for our, for, our, for our local residents and our local businesses and, you know, businesses, frankly, nationally. Uh, who who want to come to St. Louis? We need to give them the ability to uh, come to and from. Got to end it right there, Steve. Okay. Stanger. Well, thank, thank you, you very much for having me. St. Louis it. County Executive, thank you so much for being with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, ninety point seven KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>